A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that has centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the tiger that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the mangly old pussycat that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our surprise return, folks, is here. Now, this week's Dumpy Dum comes from Philip Townley. Thank you, Philip. Now, Luce, if someone would like to do a Philip and send us in a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or break into someone's house and delight Twitter. Uh, ring us on 0203031315105 or leave us a message from SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs to Shedcode for sponsoring us and to Derek alone in the back bedroom. Um, Derek is trying to build bridges uh, with the women of Ambridge and the cricket team. He uh, decided to try and give Usha some private tuition to see if that would help. He was trying to show her his googly, but she whacked him with the bat smack in the pavilion. <laughs> She's so rubbish. I'm surprised she even hit the pavilion. <laughs> anyway, folks, this has been a momentous week in Ambridge, and that's reflected in the amount of calls. On this yep. week's episode, we have calls from Claire from Clapham, who says it's all about the bottom line. Cycling Christine, who says there's no second chances. Witherspoon, who thinks Lillian needs closure. Cat Brown, oh, I love me, Cat. Cat, hello, Cat. Mm. Who has money worries? New York Nigel, who thinks we're all having a mass hallucination. And Andrew Horn, who thinks Puscat's a proper Puscat. But first, before our merry band of quarterinners. most exciting bit of the show I'm going to lie back think of England smoke a cigar just listen to Juicy Lucy Freeman's Week in Ambridge (laughs) 
We began the week with a browse around Josh's new executive workspace. It's the bus shelter on the edge of the green. It's good for networking, very cost effective, open plan with great transport links. Um, Talking of new premises, Alice's company is also moving to Barrow Farm. That'll be nice. Shove all the rotting old cows up into a big pile, throw a blanket over them, and no one will ever know you're working in a cow death camp. Alice has got her own buyer with water trough. It's quite a step up for her. There's even a vending machine. Well, it's a silage clamp, but the principle's the same. Uh, Pip was martyring herself by not sleeping and working like a maniac. Toby suggested sleeping tablets. Lots of them. Let's just have a look at that will first, though, Pip. He's pleased with his gin. This is the best thing I've done, he said proudly. This is the only thing you've done, Toby. In a frankly jaw-droppingly astonishing piece of nonsense, Jolene, who has been silent for the last couple of months, was apparently keen on investing in Toby's gin. Gin they don't like much. With money they don't have, because a year ago they were up to their crotches in culvert water (laughs) and they nearly went sodding bankrupt. But now they have money to invest. Of course they have. Pip is still somewhat on the defensive side, pointing out that anyone could have bought the cow clap onto the farm. It's carried on mucus and blood, so it could have been any of our visitors, she said. Blimey, Auntie Piggy slogging up the drive, dripping with mucus. This is Ambridge, not the walking dead. Anyway, Pip has handled this in her usual mature fashion and decided that rather than admit responsibility for the one small problem she's created, she's going to create a massive problem by refusing to touch any animals ever again, become vegan and move to the island of Sark. Ben has left Brookfield and has been replaced with two sound effects, banging dance music and the bing of a shop doorbell. No wonder he's being bullied at school. He must stand out, what with being a doorbell. Ed Grundy, who I'm going off rapidly, uses his, used his entire stock of courage on not demanding that Pip confesses about the IBR and focused instead on telling his wife off for working three jobs to pay for her children's birthday present. If this triggers some kind of return to depression, then I wash my hands of him. Emma says she's working at a chicken factory near Waterley Cross. Chicken factory, my ass. It's a clip joint called Chicken Skin and she's a podium dancer. <laughs> <coughs> Over at home farm, the air was filled with the monotonous hum of a drone. Then Adam shut up and we got to watch Brian's new technology with Alice. <laughs> Harassment went trundling around the village, annoying women. Basically, he just pissed off everyone with ovaries. For someone who is supposed to be slightly sensitive, he could not have played it worse with Usha if he tried by bringing her a limp Christmas cactus. If he'd bought her a Hoover attachment, she couldn't have been less impressed. Linda decided to cheer Kirsty up by making her eat cold pasta in the garden and telling her about Robert's pickle ratio. That was very nearly as exciting <laughs> a time as Justin giving Lillian when he took her to a cottage with no roof that was about to be demolished, dragged her through the brambles and hoisted her in through the window and chanted on about Rhodesia, which is called Zimbabwe. Don't worry, it's only been called that for nearly 40 years, Justin. But then the best thing of all, the best things happened. They trotted back in through the door and Justin said he hoped that now he'd showed her his dead mother's house that was about to fall down, Lillian would love him more. And she said, oh, for Christ's sake, put a sock in it, you old fart. And then we got, hello, pusscat. Twitter lit up like a Christmas tree. I clapped my little hands in glee and Justin kicked a hole in the oak laminate TV cabinet. The game is on. The end. <laughs> That's quite good this week. Ah, oh, well done, you. Hmm. So, um, <coughs> sorry, Luz. my voice is <coughs> my voice is disappearing. So if I, I have to stop you... for a bit and have a drink every now and again. Yes. All right. <coughs> uh, you got got beer on tap there, have you? Oh um, yeah. To hand. No. All right, smashing. No. Now, um, 
just I'm going to break convention here with uh, how yeah. we do things normally on Dumpty Dum. Your tweet of the week, it's not Hinge Zandal, is it? No. All right. So can I just say, right, my yeah. tweet of the week was his return of the, of the mat. Right. <laughs> oh, that was great. I know. I right. love that. So much so that I've decided to do oh, all me. of my answers. Huh? Oh. I thought you'd made a mix of it. No. Right. Oh. Well, I'm whacking it on the end of the show, though. However, I've decided... Oh, we've got to go at the end of the show as well. Robert Wilson's. Yes. Because well, it really made me laugh. Can I talk now? Yeah, sorry. Right, great. Now, I've decided to do all <laughs> of my answers uh, in 90s R&B hits. Good. Yeah. That shouldn't be tricky at all. No, it really works. Okay. Because the thing is, is what Justin feels, Belillion, real love, as sung by Mary J. Blige, I don't know. I can keep going with all of this. So because of that wonderful tweet that's what you're going to get from me so over to you lucy freeman and i'll just Thank answer you, now look what you've bloody done <laughs> gee it's not maps we've got flipping 90s hit anyway hello ambridge 3962 claire from clapham yes Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here, trying to record a short message because I rambled too much last time. Um, I am wanting to talk about money today, but very quickly first, I'll just have a quick comment on the whole uh, Matt returning thing. I think that the comments we've had this week from Justin about his parents' relationship are going to be incredibly prescient. And the way he talked about his mother still loving his father despite all his flaws and him being a bit of a bounder and a cad. Uh, I feel fear for Justin that Lillian will feel much the same way about Matt uh, and he might be the loser there. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, in terms of money, uh, firstly, Ed and Emma. Uh, Emma, I think, you know, she wanted more for her kids and she's gone out and done it. So good on her. Um, I understand why Ed feels frustrated, but, you know, that's the reality. You can't all bring in the money. Uh, you need everyone to chip in. Uh, you know, the main thing for someone like Emma would probably be trying to get the childcare cover for that. But they're living in this big multi-generational household and she's got that freedom. So good on her. Um, however, Emma, please stop using the credit card. It's the road to ruin. Uh, stop doing that. Uh, otherwise, things will really go tit up. Uh, secondly, at a slightly different end of the scale, uh, Shula and Alistair's finances. And I'm interested that Shula and Alistair have had a bit of a rapprochement recently. They're suddenly all lovey-dovey again. Their relationship is rekindled. And I'm concerned that money will be the crack on which this whole relationship starts to peel apart again. Um, uh, the way that they bickered with each other about, oh, you spent loads of money, now I can spend loads of money. That's not always a good sign. And I'm surprised that she didn't bring up the fact that they're probably still paying off the mortgage from when they had to take borrow all this money when he had the gambling debts. And I imagine that at some point that will come up. And also at some point he might be backed into a hole and be tempted to blow a load of money and try and win some back. Uh, I do hope not, but it wouldn't surprise me. And I have a feeling that we could be seeing homeless horses in the village 
uh, in the next couple of years if this does play out, play out like that. Um, and it will be particularly poignant because they had just sort of rekindled their relationship and it would be a shame to see it fall apart around those things. But I think that there is great, great pressure coming on the money uh, and we'll see what happens there. Anyway, keep up the good work and I will speak to you soon. She fears for Justin that Lillian will feel the same way about Matt as Justin's mother did about his father. Uh, that had that passed me by completely. But what a very good thought. I know. Yes. I know. She I did. was thinking, what the flaming hell are we learning all about Justin's dead mother for? Who cares? And mm. then there it was. But they always do that when they want to give someone a bit of depth, don't they? Like we learned all about Matt's horrible mother and his his um in Walthamstow, bizarrely, in the home in Walthamstow, and mm. um, uh, and 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 his brother and all that, adopted brother and all that, and uh, I mean we know why he was there, but you know you it's kind think... of when they're trying to give someone a bit of backstory, they they rope in the parents. Exactly. Unlike Pat, we have Pat may as well have been the Immaculate Conception for all we know. She has got the woman has got no family anywhere. No, they're in Wales. We know that. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they never talk. She never writes. They never ring. What you know, nothing. Mm. Justin's yeah. childhood was a bit twisted, as Keith Sweat sang in that early <laughs> 90s classic. Yes, Royfield. Is this really going to go on for every call? Yeah. Oh, God. OK. Um, now, Sheila and Alistair and the money. Yes, I do like the idea of homeless horses cantering around Ambridge and selling the mm. big issue. I like that. <laughs> um, I do. They've just got such a peculiar attitude to money that sits very oddly considering that they both know that their big issue is money because of, you know, Alistair's gambling problem and everything. It just seems mm. they seem to be spending money like water and almost not taking it seriously, sort of saying, oh, well, magically it will all turn out all right. Don't worry about it. And it just seems slightly odd. But anyway, no doubt that's um, that's a storyline that we can expect to unravel rapidly over the next six months. I'm, uh, I'm more bothered about mm. the Emma and Ed storyline. Yeah. What the, the 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 her having three jobs and him seeing yeah reading that as you've got a small penis Ed. <laughs> I'm just worried that she lets you won't walk away as Jade sang. That that's my worry in all of this, and also I what do want agree her to walk with away? you. You want her to leave Ed. I don't want her to walk away. Oh, but, I see. But he's been a bit of a a bit of a twonk though, isn't he? He is. A bit of a twonk isn't a 90s sink sink. No, was it? no, no, oh, no. Soon to uh, be released yeah. dubstep classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Ed. And then he does this self-pitying. Oh, I can't. You know, Emma's just like the driving force behind that relationship. She really is. And she has to be because they just it just sort of trickled to a halt if it was down to him. Because A, he's got this kind of um, this 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 sort of internal saboteur thing where he gets into a, things don't go right. And then he takes a massive chance on something which goes tits up. And then he's like, oh, I knew it wouldn't work. And um, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy that, uh, you know, he's always going to be. Uh, running out of money, they're never going to be, be, you know, it's not for the likes of us and all that. Uh, uh, and I... it's just the energy. And she just sees the situation and thinks, no, I don't want that. Mm. 
what he doesn't seem to care fine what can i do to change it i can do this i'm going to do that then and you know i really admire her really mm. uh me too and i must admit i'm somewhat tired of old ed, ed grundy yeah. um and what i thought was really um kind of noticeable was this whole thing where she doesn't want to be a grundy wife does she yeah so no. she she said it um, and then it's be, and then Eddie said, "Oh, you know, she's a typical Grundy woman, you know, and blah." Yeah. And that's the last thing that she wants. Yeah, to be. she does not want to be Clary, and she's, she's... mopping up everyone else's mistakes and helping Absolutely. them just get through. Absolutely. It was interesting that she said, "My children, mm. I don't want my children, Ed." Yeah, and he said, "Our children," and I thought that's interesting. She's already kind of separated away. Do you remember Whitney Houston did that cover of I Am Every Woman in the 90s? No. Well, she did. But Shaka Khan's version is, is definitely the definitive one, isn't it? It's just the best. And that's what Emma is. What, Shaka Khan? No, Every Woman. Oh. She's so strong oh. and independent and just like, she can just, she could kick Ed to the curb and just like run things. Yeah. She yeah. could. Mm. Yeah. We now have Cycling Christine. You know what? She's been what? all around the world, aye, 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 on that bike, she hasn't she? <laughs> aye, 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 she has. Hello, Royfield. Hello, Lucy. Hello, all fellow Dumpty Dummers around the world. This is Christine the Cyclist calling, saying goodbye as we're just about to leave the States on our two-week voyage back to the UK. I'm really annoyed about the cliffhanger at the last minute on Friday because we will be out of Wi-Fi range for the next week and so won't be able to find out what's going to happen and the follow-up to Matt coming back until we get to Europe. Um... For me, it would be quite simple if anyone had done to me what Matt did to Lillian. I would just tell him where to go. You wouldn't get a second chance if you cleaned me out and deserted me like that. But I've no doubt this won't happen because it will make much better storyline for Lillian to have to struggle over which one she wants. But get rid of that man, I would say. I also would say that I have been so annoyed with Pip and what has been going on. There is no way that she should have not have confessed as soon as things started going wrong. In fact, she, if she'd confessed straight away as soon as they found out about the herd having IBR at Brookfield, perhaps they'd have had a chance to inoculate the cows at the other farms and prevent them getting the disease. Also, the fact that she's not going to do the mob grazing this year, surely if she'd done that, she could have at least used the money to help out Brookfield or help out Tony and Adam with inoculating their cows just if she was my daughter I just don't know how I would react when I eventually found out the truth that had been kept from me anyway goodbye to you all and it'll be good to be back in Blighty and maybe we'll be able to go along to a dum-de-dum meet-up sometime yes Pip for god's sake they've played some really really silly games with this storyline and I know Witherspoon covers this as well mm. um that nonsense where she was trying to talk to her mum 
And Ruth just kept going on and on about, oh, and this happened, and oh, I must, what do you mean? Oh, no, Clary, I forgot that she was there. I must go and sort it out and all that stuff. And she's trying to tell her mum that she's done this thing with the IPR. Mm. And uh, if that was a real conversation, you'd go, just shut up! Because it's, you, you know, you have that kind of, um, the that kind of... Uh, uh, <sighs> familiarity the familiarity of rudeness with your with your family don't you You can say just shush i need to tell you this shut up yeah you know you wouldn't she wouldn't have just sat there going no but mum no but could have just ever, ever you know it just wouldn't happen and it's such an irritating conceit and then there was the next conversation she had where again she's not getting to the point um uh and she is being i mean as as uh as christine pointed out if she'd admitted it straight away they could have inoculated their cows and then there wouldn't be this mess what interests me is why do they call a single cow a beast they say oh they've had to put a beast down or they've lost a beast and all the rest of the time they call them cows Hmm. i don't get that's a really you know what i should know the answer to this and it's in this week's history of english podcast around the use of the word beast and exotic animals and i only heard this two days ago and i've forgotten so dear listener if you <laughs> want to find out the definitive answer to this kevin stroud's a history of english podcast <laughs> don't listen to us listen to someone who knows what they're talking yeah, about yeah and um it the answer is there and i think uh-huh. the word oh there's a, there's the word for another animal deer used to be beast and and we've now shifted uh, the word deer to mean a deer as opposed to a generically a beast. And ah. another interesting um, thing which I noticed um, on that yes. podcast, which I'll just say to you, Lucy and all good listeners, the letter A was taken from the Phoenician alphabet and actually was an oxen. And if you turn a capital letter a upside down you can see the horns and the ox head there you go wow it's got the two horns pointing up and it's got a little yeah. face yeah why was it an oxen i don't know but it hasn't it... got a little face it's got a triangle where yeah, but that's the head though isn't it then there's there's the okay. horns oh i see okay all right yeah anyway the history of english podcast everybody mm. it, it's very good uh with a spoon hmm Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings Lucy, Royfield, Yoko Bear and all Dumpty Dummers around the world With a spoon and Angus Haggis here Two items on the agenda today First, I thought I heard a collective groan from the international audience When Ruth was wittering on while Pip was attempting to confess to her Script writers, you've gone to that well once too often. If someone has something to say, let her or him say it. Enough with the false suspense. Besides, I am very curious to see how David and Ruth react to finding out, as I tweeted, that Pip threw them under the bus and then ran them over. Second item, of course, the return of Matt. My prediction, sure to go wrong, is that this day will be relatively brief. We've now seen the softer side of Justin, so if you were Lillian, who would you rather choose, a rich but ruthless businessman who also is a bit of a teddy bear, or a jailbird conman who ran off to Central America with your money and probably spent it all? 
I think Matt has reappeared so that Lillian can resolve any emotional loose ends about him, close that chapter of her life, and then walk down the aisle with Justin. That's my bet and also my recommendation to her. But who knows what will actually happen, as Lillian does have a history of poor decision-making. I'll close with a reflection on the annual festivities of this past week of Tartan in New York. As always, it was filled with lots of warm and wonderful people, much like us Dumpty Dummers. As some of you know, husband and I also got to meet with and present a homemade cake that we didn't bake to the First Minister. Kirsty would have approved. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to sing the praises of this podcast to Ms. Sturgeon. Perhaps next year. Talk to you all soon. So, Matt is there to close things down for Lillian, to give Lillian the opportunity to actually choose rather than... Because Justin made a choice, didn't he? Mm. He said, uh, Miranda, I don't want you. I want old Ginny Breath over here. Um, <laughs> but Lillian didn't choose. He was the only one there because Matt had sodded off. And she wasn't going to keep faithful to him because she didn't know what he was doing and he'd taken her money. Mm. But do we... Because the the reaction... The happiness that Matt's return, that, hello, puss cat. Dude, everybody went bloody nuts. And if we feel like that, what does Lillian feel like? Hmm. Well, is, is, is it that he is just irresistible? He's just one of those people that no matter what they do, you always forgive them because they're more exciting and interesting than anyone else. Yeah, well, Faith Evans sang about a love like this, didn't she? Did she? Yeah. Then well, again, did, did the impression of Margaret Thatcher. Oh no, that was Faith Brown. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Luce, that that's a completely different um, Faith. She was also um, blank. Faith Brown, I mean, not Faith Evans. Yeah. What's she doing now? I wonder. Faith Brown. Hmm. She's still doing shows because Harriet went to see her the other day. Really. Mm. Good evidence. But apparently she gets a bit muddled up now about which impression she's doing and she sort of slides out of one and into the other. Uh. Well, Bone Thugs and Harmony sang about mm. the crossroads and that's where Lillian's at right now, isn't do, she? Do, 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 do. Oh, not those crossroads. No. Okay. Yeah, no, she's not. She is. Because because Matt's not offering anything. Is he not? Well, no, he hasn't so far. I he's just surely the very fact that he's back in their house he's saying he wants to pick things up and he would like to have a little bit of bump and grind as r kelly once sang she changed the locks i know that was nonsense but then again he is a little bit of a rogue so you could imagine him jimmy in a window and kind of like the climbing through harassment didn't he take a whole load of her stuff and she reported it to harassment so harassment could actually arrest him yeah Tell you what, Matt's another one that's been all around the world, yeah, 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 hasn't he? He has. Mm. But I thought, oh, I thought yes. what Witherspoon said was very perceptive that basically Matt is an emotional accelerant for whatever happens yeah. between yeah. Lillian and old Justin. But now we will get to see whether or not just uh, Lillian really is just all about the drama or whether she genuinely does want a proper committed relationship. Mm, we will. Cat Brown now. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Hello, dumbly dum. It's Cat Brown here, coming out of hibernation after a fantastic week of Archer's episodes. What a lot of treats! Um, I, like everybody else listening, I imagine, screamed and clutched my pearls on hearing "Hello, Puss Cat" come out on Friday. What an absolute treat! Um, I'm actually calling with a quick question on behalf of a friend um, who basically just wanted to know where on earth. Jolene and Kenton got the money to back Toby's gin because aren't they basically in hock to David until the cows come home? And from the way that they discussed it, it was very much sort of like, well, you know, we've got a few thousand just hanging around waiting to invest in like potentially awful artisan gin. Anyway, if somebody can clear that up for me, that would be a delight and look forward to next week's discussion about what happens to Lillian and Piscat very much. Bye. Exactly. What a load of pants. Investing in the gin and then, and, then, and then Toby having a fit because he couldn't call it Archer Gin. And, you know, if you're going to have if you're going to have a character making a massive decision like Jolene, at least let us hear the woman. You know, the most just the, the most that Jolene's been is a is a dirty look from further down the bar when Kenton's a bit a bit tardy with the pints you know and then all of a sudden she's making massive decisions like jolene's decided we should invest in your gin no you can't talk to her it's all right it's fine just believe me honestly it's fine um it's just absolute nonsense and they still haven't got any money they still haven't paid money back for david wouldn't david go completely berserk if he knew that not only had he not paid him back but he was using the money that he had got to go and invest in some crackpot scheme from a completely unreliable lunatic i mean it's just ridiculous um, I don't know where that is. Presumably it's going to be because Kenton is going to say to Pip, mm. oh, well, we offered to back the gym, the gin and he didn't want us to. And then she'll go Toby, And that will be that. The air mm. will be full of bits of shattered relationship. But we are led to believe that this batch of this gin is actually quite good, though, aren't we? Everyone said, oh, actually, it's, qu- it's, qu- it's quite nice. No, the most they said was distinctive. That's not Twice. true. I think that's what Joss said. But then again, yeah. how old's he? 18. He doesn't know anything about alcohol. Uh, uh. Mm. Anyway. But, you know, he's absolutely desperate for backing. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that bit of the thing is maybe um, uh, Toby refusing the backing mm. is not half as ludicrous as them offering to back him in the first place with no money. They don't have any money, and the money they do have, they owe to David. It's just silly. It's absolutely daft. Really daft. Well, maybe that's what's been set up for the future, isn't it? Because, um, you know, a, a little bit more sibling rivalry, but between the Archer boys as opposed to the Fair, mm. the fair Brethren. Yeah. Because we have had this. We <sighs> have had a little echo of this before when he got that new uh, new SUV. And Dave's all, wait on a minute, yeah. don't you still owe me yeah. some cash here? Yeah, yeah. Oof. Mm. Um, Andrew Horn. Can I just say, though, just before going to Andrew Horn, everybody does a very good Matt Crawford, don't they? And Cat Browns was, <laughs> was tip-top. Yeah. Well done, Cat. <laughs> you just do Ray Winston, don't you? Yeah. It's kind of, all right, darling. <laughs> yes, Andrew Horn. Hello, Pusscat. No, not really, Earthlings. It's Andrew Horn here. Trust you're all well. Um, well, that was a nice Friday evening. Little surprise. Um, 
so I saw the poll and I voted team Justin. Um, I do think uh, Catherine Kavanagh's uh, view that actually neither of them are worth it. She should just uh, get on with things by herself is a very, very valid uh, opinion. But I think that uh, Lillian is of of a, an older generation where she actually does want to spend her life with someone. She doesn't want to be on her own, although she is strong enough and can uh, and could do it. So then she's now got the choice. Is she going to be uh, going with Justin, who is fun but dependable, or Matt, who's edgy, the lovable rogue, although actually um, maybe less lovable since he took her to the cleaners last time and went away. And I think it'll come down to whether she's how much is she looking for excitement in her life versus companionship. If she tips down the excitement route, then uh, Matt will be back in. Uh, if not, hopefully it'll be Justin. Anyway, I wish you all a happy Easter and speak to you again soon. Bye. You think Lillian is ready to settle down? I'm not, not so, so sure. sure. Yeah, I think she'll do something really daft, like tell him to sling his hook and then he'll say, run away with me, pusscat, and she'll go, or something daft. And poor Justin will be left on his arse. Mm. Andrew Horns. now to saying poor Justin, when three weeks ago I couldn't stand Justin. But now he's given us all a big sob story about his parents. I'm all team Justin. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the only thing I can say to, to any of this is that... Um... For a posh boy, his Matt Crawford wasn't bad either. Ah. Yeah. Because, you know, Andrew's very posh. But no, he's good. Uh, very very plausible Matt Crawford, I thought. Now, here's a man who cannot do a Matt Crawford. New York Nigel. <laughs> he's more Joan Crawford than Matt Crawford. Hello everyone, it's Nigel calling. Well, how annoying. We were treated to a long and protracted realistic Robin Helen story that went over several years and now whoop-de-doo, here we go with Matt's miraculous and totally unlikely reappearance just within a few days of Justin and Lillian's rapprochement. I thought for a minute that it was one of those shared hallucination things, which was probably induced by perhaps too much champagne. It all seemed very unlikely. And would the mat that we thought we knew have been hanging around inert in the sitting room or wherever he was, while Justin and Lillian were cavorting around in the hall discussing who would have the first bath? And didn't she change the locks when Justin moved in and well, let alone when Matt did a runner with all her stuff. And if he wanted to come back, would those really have been his first words? However much we might have wanted to hear them, wouldn't he have been more likely to say, oh, I'm so sorry or something, or called beforehand? It just seems a little gratuitously melodramatic. Uh, and anyway, we've got the cow clap story, we've got the Pip and Toby story, we've got the Kirsty Tom story, the Ed and Emma story, and who knows what else. If we needed an old character back at this point, I'd like it to have been Mike and Vicky and Bethany turning up again. Anyway, I'm enjoying the other stories at the moment, and I'd be very happy to see just those brewing away against the old backdrop of donkey dramas and maple shenanigans and 
even someone having a new kitchen fitted at this point. I never thought I'd say that. Anyway, thanks for everything and hope to call again soon. Bye. A mass hallucination. Why couldn't we have had someone else back? I don't know, Nigel. I'm quite happy about about um, about uh, Matt coming back. Um, mm. But I do wish that we could have had uh, Rachel and Vicky. Um, sorry, Vicky and um, and Beth and I and Mike back. Uh, but I'd like them all back. All the ones I like. There are some of them that can stay away. I don't really care about. Like such Kaz. as Kaz. Oh dear. Well, she, she was, was hardly an irritating moral lesson. Let's <laughs> <laughs> she... be patronised by the artist. Hmm. I think that's a little bit harsh, but I do see where you're coming from. Can we do Vicky Cole in Kenya's email now? All right. She says, "I wanted to say how horrible I think Josh is, and he's getting worse. Not pleasant to listen to. I wonder if he's due a comeuppance at some stage." Well, I absolutely. Hope so. But his comeuppance has been happening sort of on and off every week, hasn't it? Someone catches him out and says, stop being a little turd. And then he just carries on. Surely at some stage, David and Ruth will notice how awful their offspring are. At the moment, they seem blind to all their faults. And I do have sympathy for Jill. I, too, recently had an aqua aerobics costume related emergency. Although mine was less of the going transparent and more of the popping out. Ooh. You still let Royfield to be passed out. The nice Kenyan instructor who was having a trial <laughs> session at the pool has not been seen since. <laughs> I'm writing this on a very gloomy wet morning at Wilson Airport in Nairobi as we set off on a little family safari to Samburu. Lots 702 did a song, which is Where My Girl's At. And that's what I thought about the popping out. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Big R&B hit of the 90s, folks. Where My Girl's Out, I think that's <laughs> A friend of mine has fairly elderly parents mm-hmm. and they're still quite kind of um, uh, flirtatious with each other and tactile, which is very sweet. And they're not sweet. That's deeply patronizing, Lucy. It's good. They're a, they're a good, happy couple. And they were in the swimming pool and the mother playfully swam up behind her husband mm-hmm. and twanged the waistband of his trunks and tried to pull them round, down. And it was the wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have my glasses on <laughs> i was wa- watching mbc this morning this morning and every day it's sponsored by some relish company but they do people who are 100 today um in oh. america and they have them on um on a faux label of this relish and it's you know Pat Boone from Omaha, Nebraska is 100 today and whatever. And you kind of go through these people. There's this couple that have been married for 75 years on yeah. there. And I just went, oh, and they look so lovely. Got Aww. married when they were 16, still together, still going strong. 91, the pair of them, 75 years worth of marriage loose. Really touched me, it did. There's an Olay and Lena joke that Sir Garrison Keeler tells about mm. um, a couple who go and see the the uh, the pastor when they're um, uh, Olay's 94 and Lena's 92, and uh, uh, they say, "Pastor, we need your help. We want a divorce." And he says, "You're you're 92 and 94. What are you talking about? You've been married for 53 years. What do you mean you need a divorce?" And then she said, "Ah, oh, well." Uh, we had to wait until the children had died. The shock would have killed them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, right. Should we do tweets of the week now? Oh no, we need to go off and do um, 
Facebook and things, don't we, with Yockelbear. Oh, okay. Smashing. Uh, right then, that's a cue for me uh, to um, say this is the end of part one, folks. But the best is still yet to come. It's called part two. And at the start of part two, we have a touch of yokel bear talking about stuff which has happened on the social media. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A bit of the dum dum universe, which is part of the galaxy which is the Archers. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome. Yeah. Um, for me... I well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to to win in the end is that for me it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday Fifteen, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk 
my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, if your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going? Can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something, something nice to think about, something interesting to think about even if it's not nice and having a dog is a sort of a, a universality really. The people aren't all like me as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series. Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South re represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it is not very likely that any Southern states will do anything 
mirror than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes from Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hello, Dumb to Dumb, it's Joe Colbert here with the social media roundup for this week. Going to start on the forum. Purple Pumpkin's been doing a bit of investigation, including uh, logging on to websites such as the Welsh Meat Board. Um, didn't even know that website existed. I'm sure it's fascinating. But basically, about the incubation periods, trying to track down who might be responsible by figuring out how long it takes to incubate IBR. Um, and Purple Pumpkin has put a call out is there a vet in the house? Basically, do we have any listeners who have veterinary knowledge that would be able to aid us in figuring out who is responsible for bringing IBR into the village? It's Pip, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely Pip. But anyway, but if there are any vets out there, call in. Tell us what you know. Um, another thing we talked about this week um, was I know this probably makes me a bad person, um, over on the Facebook page, I said that I quite enjoyed the fact that Pip, Pip was unravelling. It was quite satisfying. Uh, Denise Tomlinson agrees with me, said it gets worse for Pip, which, to be honest, brings a lightness to the heart and a spring to one step, and nation rejoices. But other people, um, Sue Clayton said, OK, I know I may be alone here, but actually I'm feeling quite sorry for her. Um, and Luke Hannington, um, in a stunning revelation, um, admitted that he has a crush on Pip and she can do no wrong. Steady on there, Luke. Um, we also talked about whether Peggy is a caring matriarch looking out for a family or a bit of an interfering, judgmental old bat. Um, well, the jury was kind of out on this one. Um, very kind of, you know, the, the pros and cons. But Kate Lyle said, well, look, she's both. She's, and she's capable of changing her mind and admitting her mistakes which is pretty admirable and very different to a Greenies Pip. Um, I think also as well, the other things we've been talking about on the Facebook page, um, we have been talking about, you know, what's going to happen with this IBR thing? You know, what's going to, how is this all going to plan out? Um, and Alice Andrews, I've got to say, if we did social media posts of the week, this would be my social media post of the week. I'm going to read it out in full. This is Alice's um, view of what's going to happen. The Archer family will contract IBR. Rex locks them up in Grange Farm, but gets called away on a big Birmingham airport job in his taxi, so he can't alert the village. He leaves it to Toby, but Toby leaves the gate open, the idiot. They escape. They maraud around being horrible and rude as usual. But also, now they're bitey and rubby. Um, many more infections um, happen. Only a few left hiding in Grey Gables, except Anisha. She's in Glasgow. She comes back to the village, faced with the scene of devastation left behind by Jill. She has to load shotguns and let's rip. Um, Alice, I think you're talking about a zombie apocalypse there. But, you know, we all know that's definitely going to happen. Um, the other thing is, of course, just to finish off with this week, can't ignore it. He's back. Matt's back. It's the return of the Matt. Um, 
So, you know, what do people think about it? Well, some people thought it was a bit contrived. Some people were just like, you know, um, Tib Stav said, um, disbelief is having trouble staying suspended. Um, and Karen uh, Valerie Hodgson says, I think Matt Crawford has a bad case of plot device syndrome. It seems utterly predictable to bring him back at this point of the Lillian and Justin saga. Um, However, other people were quite excited. Alexandra Orport, and I quote directly here, posted, Oh my God, oh my God, runs around flapping hands wildly and crashing into things. Um, the other thing we did this week is that we did a poll, um, a proper poll. I figured out how to do polls. Um, which team are you on? Team Justin, Team Tiger, or none of the above? And the winner is, drum roll. Team Justin, 48%. Team Tiger got 30%. But Team 22%, Team None of the Above voted 22%. But a clear lead there. People are on Justin's side. Um, but let's see how things pan out. Um, so that's it. That's the social media roundup this week. Been exciting, hasn't it? Okay. Cheerio, everybody. Hmm. Thank you for that, Yokel Bear. Lucy, mm-hmm. would you like to hit us with some tip-top tweet action? Thank you very much, please. Uh, Sam Mary D. Mark II said, Alice does offer a call to the stud farm. Blimey, no wonder he's knackered all the time. Poor bloke. <laughs> oh, if anybody was going to... Oh, not Alistair. We don't want more of them. Um, Dr. Wallington. I picture Peggy leafing through the Reader's Digest while Justin own loads the story of his marriage. <laughs> yes, she couldn't have sounded less interested. Andy D make the tea said, does no one in Ambridge have headphones? I thought that as well. It's like a it's like a symbol, isn't it, of, of teenage rebellion is loud music. And then everybody, everybody uses uses headphones. Um, That's Sally's very po- true. I yeah. hadn't thought of that. Yes. Well, I was listening to it on headphones mm. when this music was blaring out in uh, Josh's bedroom. And I was thinking of uh, Ben's bedroom. And I thought, why doesn't he just have headphones in? Mm. Ridiculous. Um, Magnetic Flea said, I know I'm late to the party, but I'm not sure I like Pip's sexual technique. In <laughs> you go! <laughs> <laughs> Is Robert that not Wilson. tweet of the week? No, this is tweet of the week. Oh, wow. It made me. It, it happened about a second and a half after. Hello, Puscat. Robert Wilson, and all he put was, "Shit, the fucking bed is tiger." Ah <laughs> 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 oh, dear. And he has left us a call, uh, which we're going to play at the end. Mm. He's developing his own little fan base. Isn't he? <laughs> Family. and and he's helping to recruit new dumbdums. I know, I know. Well, that's why we have to put him at the end because yeah. he says hello well, to them. Well done, well, well, well done, sir. And and we will uh, uh, come back to your call later. Right now, folks, um, got some interesting news. I've been thinking about this Matt Malarkey, and I need to do another new podcast like I need a hole in the head. However, people are talking in my in my earlobes, uh, Lucy. And I'm almost convinced. So uh, that's all I'm saying. Now, I'm going to talk about more map action next week. 
dumdydum.com go there it's got tracks it's got it's got awesome things going on and now um also our cosmo has decided to take up the cudgels and basically run the website and he's already nagging me i know also purple pumpkin you tweeted me funny enough on twitter and you said perhaps you could help out as well what would be involved now uh basically you just got to do loads of stuff and work all the time however i will dm you and let you know but i think you should maybe hook up with cosmo on the twitters and the pair of you can um, just like do stuff so that's that now moving back onto things uh tractor go there pin yourself to the map and just hang out with other archers loving dum-de-dum listeners because that's what that's all about we have had a few donations in the last few weeks and i will get those uh i will remember fuck we have had a few donations in the last week and i will uh commemorate everybody who has basically chucked us commemorate they've donated not died oh hmm. what's the word i need here lucy uh thank there you go good old fashioned <laughs> now <laughs> I, will... Not a quicker. No, no. <laughs> I will i will uh remember you all that that's where i went with a commemorate uh, i just i don't know where my brain's gone anyway i'll thank you all next week i'll drop a little list uh i don't want to make this show too long because we had uh quite a few calls so just bear with us but folks if you would like to help keep our little show on the road there are a couple of ways this can be done you can donate by hitting the donate button on our website or you can go to patreon.com and join the merry band of those 30 odd or so people that donate just a little each time we put out a show now remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via speakpipe you can do that by going to dumdydum.com where there's tractor and there's dumdy dogs and dumdy mogs and all manner of dumdydum goodness or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephone message on social media specifically twitter we are at dum-de-dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. Harriet, the woman of a thousand archers' voices, is at Sandwiches. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. Although I am giving up with Twitter, so I probably wouldn't bother. Why? <laughs> oh, I'm I've, just I've heard you say this it. before. What's Ugh. happened this week? Come on. Oh, it's just a flipping echo chamber. Mm. And, uh, you know, and all of it is Brexit and Corbyn. And I'm just sick of all of it, really. And people, you sick of Corbyn? People, people, de- yep. People deliberately picking fights with people in You're order on their to, side. yeah, no, just to create a bit of drama because they're bored. And you think, put the phone down, go away, and do something. Oh, I can't bear it. You were right about Corbyn from the very start. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, loose. Mm. I've come to accept. I don't like it, but I've come to accept Brexit. Well, we haven't got a lot of choice, really, have we? No, no, no. Uh, you know what? I think for a while we were a bit like King Canute, weren't we? Standing on the beach going, but we don't want it, so we can't have it. Just said to go back. Shoot. Let's not put this on, otherwise we'll get a million Brexiteers arguing mm. with us. But yeah. Anyway, on Facebook, or some might call it the Book of Face. You can go and join the Millie Bell and Yokel Bear loving uh, with another one 
5,500 dum-de-dums and they talk about the archers ad nauseum and quite simply to join them you just go on to the book of base and type in dum-de-dum and then you can just go join them and that's awesome now uh lucy uh have you got anything to say at the end of this yes moment? i have oh i have, a, mes- I have right. a message a... for Ooh, yokel right. bear okay um who is having refresher driving lessons um and I just wanted to give him a message of solidarity uh, because <laughs> I was absolutely petrified of driving. I was terrible. I, I only learned about six years ago and I cried. I had hysterics. I got in the car and couldn't move it. And it was just awful. Um, yeah, hor- horrendous. And it took me ages to pass my test. Um, How many times? I passed first time, but that was after a billion lessons. Oh, if you have okay. that many lessons, you are the first time. And also very lucky traffic as well. I was just hugely lucky, I think. But um, I just wanted to say it is so, when you do it and you and you and you feel happy again and you feel confident and you think, oh, look, people think I'm a proper driver. Whee! It's just so lovely. So don't let the don't let the panic win and it will be brilliant and just keep going. Okay. You'll be a better driver for it. Because the mm. worst drivers are the people that say, oh, I'm a natural driver. Of course you're not. Human beings weren't made to sit on their asses, wiggling their feet around to make something move. It's just ridiculous. So nobody's a natural driver. Um, uh, so if you're, if, you're, if you're worried about um, safety and you're worried about not crashing into anybody else, then you will be a better driver. So good. Wait a minute. And, where where right. has all this been happening? Why, why don't I know anything about this? What? This being on Twitter. No, he just put a little tweet the other day that he was having refresher driving lessons and he was feeling a bit worried. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll tell you, I I passed my Canadian driving test about six weeks ago. Yeah. Not not Canadian, Californian. Sorry. And on the wrong side of the road as well. Exactly. Exactly. Wrong side of the road. Um, everything coming at me from crazy angles. And you know what they do over here? And it's really noticeable when you uh, when you drive as opposed to being driven. Americans don't half love uh, road signs and furniture to the point of just it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Now, it's just there's too many markings on the road, too many signs, blah, 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 blah. Now, here's the thing. What they call the crosswalk, which we all know is a zebra crossing. How many different colours and configurations do they have for the same <laughs> effing thing? No, but seriously, Lucy, it's a serious point. Sometimes they're yellow. Sometimes they're white. Sometimes they don't have the thick markings. It's just two two stripy lines, two lines. And then sometimes they have one line. It's all the same thing. Ridiculous. Bonkers. Anyway, I passed. And the... Um, well done. And thank you. And the driving instructor said, so I only really passed because I just wanted a bit of um, American, well, took took the test because I wanted <clears> a bit of American ID. And pulled over at the end and he said, uh, one minute there, sir. And he took about two minutes. I was proper nervous. And he went, oh, yeah, you've passed. And he says, you've been driving for a very long time, haven't you? And I went, yeah. And you know what? It really shocked me, Lucy. When I worked it out, I've been driving for 33 years. Wow. Yeah. My dad 
gave me my first driving lesson at the age of 15. <gasps> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my dad, so my dad was a bus driver. So there was a, uh, there was a you bus. You were driving a bus? No. <laughs> but no, but I drove on the bus driver's training circuit at the age of 15. <laughs> it was the most exciting day of my life. And then my second lesson, my mum came along and we're driving along. And my mum said, Glenn, when are you going to tell him he can actually go into third gear? There are some other gears. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but the most... Like <laughs> <laughs> one of the most exciting days of my life, though. I must have been 16 at the time. My dad pulled up outside of school. My dad was a proper little rebel, you know. And he and he says, son, get in the driving seat. I went, what do you mean? <gasps> he said, get in the driving seat. He said, just take your tie off. And I went, dad? And he went... Get in the driving seat, take your tie off, drive the car. And we drove off. And my friends were like, oh! Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, my dad, naughty. I think back now, I go, Dad, that's a bit naughty. But by then, I've been driving for a year. Admittedly, though, it was all around these kind of driving test tracks, you know, for, yeah. for bus drivers and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't always on the streets. But I, I could, you know, I could totally drive. But it just really shocked me when he says, How long have you been driving? And and I went 33 years. Crumbs. Anyway, I think it's time for Robert Wilson. Are we done? Hooray! Yes! That was a, that was a quick one. Good! I thought it was going to be super long. No, I zipped through it. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Have you missed me? Naked Fingers here. It's Friday night. I've had my usual glass or three of white wine... Sometimes I have red, you know, or a beer or whiskey. But anyway, white wine tonight. Three or four glasses. Mm, nearly a bottle. But oh my God. Shit the fucking bed. Tiger is back. And I think it's the original Tiger. It sounded like Kim Durham. I think uh, uh, that Twitter has probably exploded. The hashtag... Art, the Archers has actually melted and fallen off the edge of the internet. This is perfect. Oh, it set my weekend up beautifully. Very excited. And so, <laughs> sounding slightly camp too, but there we go. Isn't it wonderful? A love triangle between, between, <laughs> between Lillian, Justin, <sighs> and Matt. Sod the cow flu. Sod everything else that's going on in the arches. Sod the bed and breakfast. Sod Kirsty. Sod Tom. Sod the lot of you. This is what the arches is about. Oh my God. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say hello to Nuna, my second work related recruit to Dumpty Dum. I'm doing the work of the Lord, Royfield and Lucy. The work of the Lord.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.